Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by SeatGeek. Everyone with Bobby Skinner here with my co-host Justin Panic, and we've got ourselves a mailbag pod, and we got to talk schedule release at the top. But good, good mailbag questions, Justin. How are you? Hey, Bobby Skinner. Um, always a fun day when the schedule comes out. Um, I correctly said that the Giants will be playing the Panthers Week Two of the preseason, so the Talking Giants source game is still undefeated between you, myself, and Danny King. I would be lying to you if I said that I was thrilled with the actual schedule. Um, this it, it seems kind of brutal. Um, I may even have some like WFAN like high pitched complainy vibes at least with the schedule coming out and how I feel about it. I think the NFL kind of screwed the Giants in favor of the Jets for a hot sec, but we'll talk about it. How are you? I'm good. You know, at first it was reported, and all these reports were. Dead wrong, flat out wrong, that the Giants were going to be the first team ever to have seven road games in the first ten weeks of the season. Well, that's not true because uh, the Commanders games that were reported were wrong and swapped. But we are the primetime Giants again. Giants get one winning season and we are back on primetime. Four of the first six games are primetime. Cow- Cowboys week one is back. Cowboys week one on Sunday Night Football is back, but it's in uh, in, in the Meadowlands. Um, week three at the 49ers, Thursday Night Football. Week four versus Seahawks Monday Night Football, and then week six at the Bills Sunday Night Football. We are the and then there's three Monday night uh, three Monday games in there included. We are the primetime Giants again. And then there's the Christmas Day Monday. It's not a Monday well, yeah, night that's game, included but it's a Monday in the game Monday. On, yeah. yeah, three yeah. Monday games. So we uh, it's four of the first six games of the season are on the road. Yep. And they get that. I mean, they, we're just on the road a lot, and it's. It's a tough schedule. So, we're not going to do the win loss, win loss, win loss no. thing. Um, I'm trying to. We're trying to figure out dates. I wanted to have this done before this podcast on dates on when we're going to do stuff, but we just don't have those dates. I'm thinking about doing December 31st as my time to come up to MetLife Stadium, which is the Week 17 Rams game. Yeah, could be. It could be either season's done. We don't care. Or hopefully it's like clinch a playoff berth like it was week 17 last season. Which I like that. I I, I, I like that. Um, it sucks that it's New Year's Eve. I know you know a lot of people, a lot of people like myself, like New Year's Eve and New Year, not really New Year's Day. It's actually New Year's Eve that I actually spend a lot of time with like friends and family and stuff like that. It's a it's one a o'clock, o'clock game. game. We it's can get recorded game. by. Yeah, you know. we've done that before. There's remember there was like it was like 2017 New Year's Eve. It was, it was probably the coldest game that I've ever been to, and I couldn't even stay the whole game. The Giants actually was one of the three games that they won in like. 2017 but man you know yeah so we'll we'll keep everybody updated as you know as we know with tailgates like I, we want to do things much bigger and better this year not even better but we just want to do things bigger this year with tailgates um away game watch parties we kind of have that decided but you know we'll we'll announce those things as they come but man i kind of want to get mad right now like I, i'm a giants fan this is a giants fan podcast this isn't just you know we're not we don't consider ourselves unbiased reporters here like there are times where i get really mad and really biased or really happy and you know by giants biasy at times right because i'm a fan and there are times where i get like hey this kind of sucks for the giants and this especially this start of the season bobby it kind of sucks there there are some silver linings where at least they get to maybe stay out west you know, because they're going to go to the Cardinals week two out there in Arizona. They're going to stay out there because then just four days later, they have a Thursday night game against a really good team in the 49ers. But yeah, still, I mean, man. It's, it's still a road game. Like, I don't yeah. care if they're staying out there. It's still a road game. It's not an advantage. <laughs> People are like, oh, it's a good thing. No, it, it ain't. It ain't really a good thing that, you know, that they can't go home for, you know, almost, you know, a whole week and a half, you know, and whatever. Why are we weeks. the only team that gets our Monday night football games after our Thursday night football games? That Every year, every year that we've had Thursday night football, it's our Monday night games follow that. It's like, well, give us the, if you're going to give us the rest, give us it to us for a Sunday game. But, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right. I mean, and even, 
the the stretch of not only just to start this that that little West Coast trip that we're doing week two and week three where we stay out there, even like week five to week six going from Miami to Buffalo. Those are two really good teams that we are playing back to back, both on the road. And now apparently because it would it would have been week five, week six, week seven initially with the Commanders, but now it's Las Vegas on the road. At Dallas on the road, which Vegas is a country countrywide trip, Dallas is basically half a country trip, and then you're still on the road week 11 against the Commanders. Two divisional games thrown in there with Las Vegas is not a good team, but I don't think they're a bad, terrible team. It's not a cakewalk of a win. And then you have a divisional opponent at Dallas, which can't remember the last time they, that we even won in Dallas. And then... Even towards the end of the season, when you think that all these road games are done, it's week 15, we're at the Saints, at New Orleans with Derek Carr, which I don't think the Saints are a bad team, and then you're at the Eagles on Christmas Day. Back-to-back road games. I think this royally is a brutal, brutal schedule for the Giants this year. Yeah, every road game is like a back-to-back. It's followed by another road game. Every single one. At Cardinals, at 49ers, at Dolphins, at Bills consecutive weeks. Week 9, 10, 11, three consecutive home games. Week 15, week 16, at Saints, at Eagles. And now, granted, that means that, you know, hey, that week 12 to week 14 range, right, where you have home against the Pats, then you have a bye week 13, then you're home against the Packers. That's a nice little range, right? Week 17 against the Rams. Week 18 against the Eagles. That's a nice little run, right? But still, man, these road games are just inevitably a lot tougher, a lot tougher than these home games. Yeah, I mean, obviously we can't pick who the home and away teams are, but and so they play home. So their first back-to-back home games are week seven and eight, and then even the next one will be like Patriots-Packers, but that's separated by a bye week, and then you finish the season with Rams-Eagles. And uh, their first home home one o'clock game is week seven against the Commanders. Yeah, yeah. First one of the season, first first day game at home is is week seven, so that'll be maybe they'll flex those too. We have, we yeah. are the primetime Giants though. Man, it, I, I'm I'm mad and I hate the Jets. So this is like a big this is a big Justin hates the Jets season. Um, their lease is up from MetLife at at the end of the 2025 season. Move them to Morristown. Move them to Queens. There were some Jets fans that found that tweet that I put out and said, yes, put us back in Queens where we belong and where they started. Okay, like, get out. Like, I am done. I'm done. Like, if the Jets and the Giants are going to simultaneously be somewhat good and relevant at the same time, and this is what's going to happen, where the Jets are just going to get all these home primetime games earlier in the year, and I get it, Aaron Rodgers is here, but this is... This is brutal because that's why because they want Aaron Rodgers at home in these early primetime games during the during the regular season early in the season. That's why this is happening. We better beat the Jets then. You better better take that game serious. Oh, I'm I'm coming for. I wanted that to be week one. Uh, I'm coming for blood against the Jets. Every every game I'm coming for blood because I'm going to be mad. All right, let's get into our mailbag pod. Take it away, Steve. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. Come on, bye guys. Thanks, Steve from Blues Clues. Justin, let's get into the mail. First question is going to be coming from Paul at O'Kane underscore 98. In my opinion, there seems to be three starting roles up for grabs on defense. Slot corner, second safety alongside McKinney, and whoever starts alongside Okereke. Right now, who are the number one options there come week one? So, not going to do the slot corner part of this. I actually want to see OTAs play out a little bit to see where they're aligning guys and stuff and and who's, you know. So, we're going to talk about inside linebacker two and safety, though. I want to start with safety, Justin. And I kind of, this take hit me, right? Like after, you know, after the draft, you're thinking about where this guy's going to play. Javarius Owens, despite being a seventh round pick and the second seventh round pick of the Giants, in my personal opinion, is a better prospect than Dane Belton. And 
McKinney's going to be the free safety. Now we'll talk about McKinney late uh, in this a little bit, but McKinney's going to align in different roles. So this will be, I think it can be different guys on a week to week basis. But if week one, Xavier McKinney is playing free safety and we're wanting to work out a single high, which Wink Martindale likes to do. And McKinney's that deep guy. I kind of want Javarius Owens to win that job because he's the guy who I think fits the box the best. Yes. Right? Like, he takes on blocks better than anybody else in this safety room. He plays more aggressive and physical up in the run than anybody in this safety room. Um, You know, like, I I hate getting this, saying this about a seventh-round pick, right? Because people get way too hyped about, uh, you know, your day three draft picks every year. But this is when... This is the, the proof of me saying that this day three made me feel amazing at, from this draft is because I truly believe this. That like If we are playing someone who's going to be a box safety week one to start, I think Javarius Owens is going to be my guy, right? And we saw last year Darian Beavers was, you know, the first linebacker off the bench after Blake and Tay Crowder, um, you know, before Blake got cut and, you know, uh, Darian Beavers got injured and he was taken in the sixth round, their last pick out of all those, out of 11 picks, he was their last pick. And was picked two, uh, after Micah McFadden, who also plays the linebacker position. So I think I'm like, maybe I'm crazy, but I'm kind of in on like, hey, if we're, if we need someone to play box safety, Javarius Owens might be that guy for me. Remind me of a size. Do we have that like on the top of our heads? I can look it up. Like I, I'm remembering Owens wore, wore like number two. So obviously you, you look smaller. He's also wearing a great number in 31 to this year for the Giants. So you'll look naturally bigger with two digits on your jersey. It's so um, weird how that's actually like true. <laughs> it is true. 100% is true. I do think he is he's not like Peppers or Collins big, but he's like frame-wise not small. So he definitely can do it for sure. I, my brain didn't even go Owens and that's such that's such a good point. He's 6 foot 195 pounds. Okay. Okay. He's a little long though, too, which 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 may help him there too. I do think, like, I am a firm believer in all three of these spots. I know we're not talking about slot corner, but I'm a big believer in these spots that we're talking about. Safety, linebacker. They should be rotational. They should be rotational. I think each individual player um in those spots has their fits and has their roles and spots in which they can thrive and, and help the team. Um, I think Pinnock is Kind of like an, an all-around guy. I love Pinnock. Uh, I, I really do love Pinnock. If I had a, if I had to pick one guy at safety, it, it would be Jason Pinnock. But so Pinnock's the best all around. But it's just they do they view him as a role to play opposite McKinney, where he f- was the fill-in for McKinney. Right. But that's that's what I was about to kind of go to. But Pinnock really kind of came in substantially a lot more when McKinney kind of went down, and also when Wink Martindale made a little bit of a change to play a lot more too high. So what is Wink Martindale's philosophy going to look like now? Now that there's Bobby Okereke at linebacker, and now that they really beefed up the interior defensive line, so maybe the front seven can stop the run a little bit more. Will they go back to playing single high safety, putting more guys in the box, getting more blitz heavy instead of dropping guys back into coverage? And I think they will. Like That's what Wink Martindale wants to do at the end of the day. But like you said, I do agree. This is going to change throughout the season unless someone just solidifies themselves opposite McKinney. Because guess what? If we are playing, if we're using the game, plan like we did versus the Panthers last year where it's like we want McKinney down the box covering the backs you know covering tight ends well then Bobby McCain might have the best advantage to play that free safety role um Dane Belton's kind of in a weird spot where it's like he's probably the best like at just manning up on tight ends right but he's not great in the box you know so it's not a it's I'm I'm more excited about the safe the opposites the safety opposite of McKinney than the next position we're going to talk about with inside linebacker too um like, it's just more intriguing and more fun to me. But, yeah, like, Javarius Owens, man, I really think he can challenge to be a player, like, from the get, from the get-go. Like, he's a solid, he is a solid player. He's got some stuff he's got to work through. Um, but we're also, like, you go watch his film, we're not going to have him playing single high safety. Like, that's not the role he's going to play in no. the NFL. Um, also, you know who could slip into this conversation eventually? Maybe not right away. Trey Hawkins. I was going to ask you that. A lot of people have said that like in comments and stuff like that. Oh, Trey Hawkins can maybe move to safety. Trey Hawkins maybe to safety. I want to see what he looks like at corner. Yeah, he should start off at corner. Just develop his skills there. And if there's a move down the road to safety, let's do it. But Yeah, he has uh, the physicality to to do it 100%. 
Yeah. So yeah, safety safety is so wide open that you really have no there's there's no like leading like this is the favorite. Like I guess the favorite would probably be Pinnock, right? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. But like I said, I think all these guys, depending on the game, depending on the matchup, depending on what you're asking Xavier McKinney to do, he he should be the lead catalyst. Like Xavier McKinney, what you want him to do and how you want Xavier McKinney to attack that given week, that should therefore be deciding who is playing next to him, who's playing behind him, who's playing alongside of him. That I think is the main kind of lead catalyst here of what the number two or number three safety looks like at times too, since we do know, you know, the, you know, now that the league is changing, we're passing more. We want more safeties on the, uh, out on, out there on the field. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Safety. I also believe you mentioned it too, about linebackers. We have a question even a little later about positions of need that people aren't talking about, like going into maybe like next off season. I think safety is a much like, I feel a lot more confident with the safeties that we have on the roster compared to the linebackers on the roster right now. Me too. Me too. Because you kind of have guys who can fit specific uh, instances who could play. You know, Bobby McCain started for the Commanders last year, played more of a nickel role for them last season. Um, but yeah, I, I do too. I don't feel good about it, but that's why. Let's, so let's talk about inside linebacker too. Yeah. There's no fun answer for inside linebacker too, and there's and that means there's no good answer. Like Beavers is coming off of a torn ACL and. While he could turn into a solid player, I'm telling you, we are overrating his pre- that one preseason game he played. We are that's as a fan base, we are overrating that. Austin Calicho played really well in that game. I thought Mike McFadden looked better in that game, but he didn't have the tackle for a loss on the screen play that Beavers did, which popped off a little more. But all those guys played, and linebackers have a, a tendency to play well in the preseason because it's very it's it's very simplified for them. Uh, so we're not they're not throwing anything crazy at you in the run game. Um, and your coverage responsibilities are pretty are, are simple to it. You're just you're basically just spot dropping. McFadden is probably who I would want to do it because you see some ability there. But also McFadden lost his job to Jared Davis for the you know for uh, uh, for the playoffs and kind of rightfully so. You know, and and Jared Davis is obviously still on this roster. I would love for it to be Beavers, but coming off of a torn ACL, I don't know if I could comment. I mean, this this is a as much Bobby Okereke great improvement, but inside linebacker too is there's no there's no good answer for that. And they, you know, we were hoping they might add somebody in the draft. They weren't able to do that, and here we are with Darren Beavers, Micah McFadden, and Jared Davis. Like I, 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 Deontay Johnson, we talked about it on the UDFA episode. I might talk about him later in this podcast. Like he's got just as good a shot as anybody. Yeah, yeah, he really does. Um, I was recently looking through. I sometimes like to look through Giants players, the photos in which they're tagged in, because sometimes that tells more of a story of what they're doing and where they've been, rather than like their actual Instagram photos themselves. Um, Micah McFadden has gone through like a major like two-month body transformation where he was pretty kind of yoked to begin with, but now he's, like, cut, and he's even more yoked than he was. So maybe we'll see a a, a lighter, faster Micah McFadden during camp. That's at least the goal when you do that, right? But ideally, because Micah McFadden's a draft pick, like, that's who you want starting opposite of Okereke. But I've right now it's Davis. Like, I have to lean Davis, draw Davis, even though I don't want to, and that's not the sexy answer. Now, this yeah, is a guy fair. that's getting the vet minimum, but as of right now, that's what I'm leaning because that's just what we have on the roster right now. Yeah, that's that's totally fair and understandable. I mean, again, they played him over, you know, um, Mike McFadden. And Davis is probably going to look good in the preseason too. He's yeah. the type of guy that plays that's going to play well in the preseason. And they also um, brought Davis back, which usually sometimes you'll see teams make like They didn't bring Jalen Smith back and no. they brought back Davis. No, you know, they make these late season additions. We know that the Giants were waiting and waiting and waiting for the Lions to do something with for Davis, and they just never did. Um, they brought him back, which usually sometimes teams don't do that with, like, those late season acquisitions. So I think, you know, it doesn't mean something, doesn't mean anything. I don't know. Um, but right now, the Giants don't have a lot of depth at that second linebacker spot. Yeah, yeah. This is – so the next question is um, about, like, adding a piece at a position. If there was one, If there was one position that you said – they're going to sign someone at this position before training camp. It's inside linebacker. Yeah. 
now not a good player because I think we're at, at we're back in vet minimum land right now, but like I I think that's more likely. All right, next question, Justin. But ideally, too, I would love to see like Darian Beavers, since you know we know he's a little bit slower, we know he wins in that phone booth. If there are certain plays where Beavers looks all right, Darian Beavers put him at Mike linebacker, and then Okereke being the athlete that he is, he can fly sideline to sideline. So and you're gonna have you're gonna have to Okereke. Now it's in a in a three four in a in an odd front defense. It doesn't matter as much because they're both playing inside linebacker, you know. Um, but Okereke is gonna be the, the the Mike. Sure thing. All right, next question. Nico Risen at underscore kaboom underscore read an ad. If you haven't already heard, the leaders in below the waist grooming are traveling north of your south north of your south pole with their revolutionary beard hedger pro kit. Bam! Plus they've now launched launched the brand new Weed Whacker 2.0. 2.0. Manscaped now has a brand new nose and ear hair trimmer. Time for you to upgrade your toolbox by going to manscaped.com and using our code GIANTS for 20% off plus free shipping. Manscaped has been great. They send us all this stuff, and I actually use it. Um, you know, they sponsor the draft streams. We were showing off their stuff there, so Manscaped's the best. Can I tell the you kid- something? Tell me something. Lucas sent me a message today. He bought the Performance Package 4.0, $28 off his purchase, plus free shipping. So, I mean, if shipping is usually – how much is usually shipping? Fifteen, ten dollars. That's a lot. Is that, it's, it's a lot. That's a that's like a lot of money off of there. So thank you to Lucas. He's a bread enthusiast. Um, he bought the performance package 4.0, and he's like, "Look at this. Thank you." The kit starts with the the beard hedger, uh, a waterproof cordless trimmer that has a rotary wheel that gives you twenty hair cutting lengths, all with one garb. So no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. The waterproof thing is huge. Yes. The pro kit also comes with beard shampoo and conditioner, Manscaped's beard oil, and cap it off with the beard bomb. Bomb, 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 bomb. The Pro Beard Kit also comes with the three free gifts, a beard brush, comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. So get 20% off and free shipping with our code GIANTS at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. You'll be glad you did. All right, Um, next question. That's your favorite game to play on an airplane, actually. Not publicly saying that. Not publicly saying that. Um, Mark Scott... Real name, no gimmicks, at mscott4985. His, do you think that's his real name? Um, Mark Scott, real name, no gimmicks. I think real name, no gimmicks is the is a part of his real birth name, actually. Uh, with Sexy Dexy's new deal, do you think the Giants can grab a free agent edge pass rusher to join the rotation? Not the names that everyone wants to hear, which are Leonard Floyd... Frank Clark and Yannick Ngakwe. No. Ngakwe could be a maybe because Ngakwe still is only 28 years old when this season. And he, he had nine and a half sacks, 16 QB hits, and 27 pressures last year. UPS is here. And he just ran into the mirror on my What's truck. What's up, UPS? Um, you people suck. That's what it stands for. Um, shout out Ross Chastain's. See ya. Shout out Ross Chastain's uh, throwback scheme. Dale Jarrett. All right. Yannick Ngakwe has been good. Wink added. they tr- The Ravens traded for him in 2020 under Wink Martindale. So you know that there's a, a like there uh, with Wink Martindale. Um, so Yannick is the only one I would say because you can get him on a on a more. Th- My God, dude. UPS, just leave the box and go. Don't You don't need the freaking scream. Um, Yannick Ngakwe is the one where you can get him on more than a one-year deal. But Leonard Floyd has been thrown out there, and I was talking about this with NYG Daily on the live stream uh, the other day. Leonard Floyd is not coming for cheap. Like, no. We just signed Aishon Robinson to a pretty like expensive deal and had to add void years. Leonard Floyd, coming off of... He got the four-year, $64 million contract, right? The year before uh, last offseason, right? And then the Rams cut him. Well, they, he must have sucked, right? Nope. His numbers were just as good. They were better than in 2021. He had nine sacks, 31 pressures, 22 QB hits, 10 tackles for a loss. Like his numbers last year were better than the numbers that got him the four-year, $64 million contract. The reason that Leonard Floyd is still available is because he's holding out for money. He is not coming, going anywhere 
for cheap. So I think he's someone who's watching how camp goes out, waiting for an injury, and then go, go, go sign somewhere, and it's not going to be for cheap. It could be for a one-year deal, but it's not going to be for cheap. And then, like, Frank Clark hasn't been anything special the last few years. It's been solid, but not not you know a game changer so i think we're just kind of stuck with what we got like if they sign someone it's going to be someone on a minimum that you don't know their name yeah i agree I mean, they just don't have a lot of money right now they, and they, they shouldn't really be sp- unless unless you wanted to get yannick and gawkway and sign him to a contract that's more than one year like two three years like and if you like that's a guy you truly the coaching staff and the and joe shane truly just want this guy on their team and it's not simply looking at up oh, we don't like our edge depth we got to add somebody but just someone they truly want on their team you could do that with Ngakwe um but Leonard Floyd is is going to be 31 this season having you know playing really well he's not coming for cheap and the Giants should not be again the Giants are a better team now right they've added especially on the offensive side they've added pieces they add Okereke in the linebacker room um but they also, again, we are not in a Super Bowl window, despite the fact that I had a dream that the Giants went to the Super Bowl uh, ah. this year, last night. They're not. They, this is not a Super Bowl year, so they shouldn't be making moves. As is, this is like this is the year we get to the Super Bowl. Where so, were you? What were you doing? I don't know. I just remember, you know, it was weird. I think it might have been last Super Bowl because I remember, like, at the trade deadline, being like, I'm not making any trades. We're not winning the Super Bowl this year. And people yeah. being like, "You look what you said. And I was like, yeah, but we still won it without making the trades. Mm. Um, okay. <laughs> so, like, we're both right and wrong. Um, Yannick Agakwe was uh, part of the Ravens. They traded for him for nine games, three sacks, three QB hits, two tackles for loss. So, so not great. I think also the Giants are embracing. Like, Wing Martindale was asked about this recently, about how, like not a lot of his pass rushers have had like ten sack seasons and like these ins- like especially the edge rushers specifically, um you know insane sack seasons with insane production right, um I think they're embracing that and I think they're embracing that you know hey we kind of got what we got and we have the horses to get you know to get by and to operate the scheme in which it needs to be operated. Yeah, and again, uh, do. Uh- is is the is the third edge rusher a big need for the Giants? Yes, like they weren't able to come out of the draft with one. O'Shane Zimenez was signed right after because they weren't able to come out of the draft with one. Uh, they shouldn't be. You just, I mean, you just get, signed Ashawn Robinson to help stop the run and added void money. Like you're going to be paying even some of that money in 2025 um, or two, 2026 too. I think like less than a million, but still, I, I don't want to do that with anybody else. Yeah. You have two good starters there. Granted, disease is injury prone. You got a run defender in Jaha Ward. You like you kind of got to live with what you got for this season. Yeah, um, let's let's invest. That's actually a good point too. Where the Giants have a first round pick, they have a top five pick in Kayvon Thibodeau, and they have a a high second round pick in Aziz Ojolari. Granted, injury prone, but invest in them. Like let those guys freaking do their jobs and see if they're worth it. Yeah, and I mean, and they are if if they can stay healthy, they are worth yeah. it. Um, at least Kayvon's going to be a good player. We don't know if he's going to live up to the top five hype, but we like. I'm confident that he's going to be a good player in the league. You kind of got to live with what you got, and we're going to have bad edge depth this year, yeah, like we did last season. It's Do they still dip. need to create money in in some sort of way? They don't necessarily have to, but you could see them probably doing it. Like right now, it seems we don't. We still don't have the full exact details on Dexter Lawrence. There's numbers out there, but you don't have the full exact details. Um. But they have right now about five million dollars. They have about three uh, three point six to like four and a half million dollars. Correct me if I'm wrong on this research, Rick. Um, and then if they cut a guy like Darnay, I, th- I think they have enough money to finagle to get through the season. It's certainly more than last year, and they still made good enough moves last year. Even though they did, you know, they said that they wanted to make other moves last year, but they just couldn't financially. So it's still tight, not as tight as last year, but just yeah, if you, you don't. You- don't I would hate like if the jump I and I hope they're not operating like this. This is the big hope. Don't extend Saquon Barkley because you feel like you need to get through this year cap wise. No, they won't do that. They'll if they extend Saquon Barkley, it's because they want to extend Saquon Barkley. It's not going to be because of cap issues. All right. All right. Next question. Next question. Top G twenty seven at Polyworld. Are you guys concerned that Joe Shane drafted players that are scheme-specific, especially for defense? Is the defense going to be okay when Wink leaves, or do we have to start over? 
Thank you. I have something on this. Do you think any of the picks have been like these guys? Like Deont- yeah, Deontay is Deontay Banks a scheme fit with the way that he can play man coverage? Yes, but it's it's the other way around where it's like this guy's a zone corner. You can't really put him in man. Man corners can play zone coverage, and Banks was fine in zone coverage. Now, if you're adding, if we're playing in a Patrick Graham zone defense where you're rotating a bunch of stuff and doing stuff, will Banks be able to do that right away? I don't know. But if he's smart, tough, to dependable, and that's your mantra, and you pick this guy in the first round, he sure as hell better be able to pick that stuff up eventually. So I, I mean, I go through it. I don't, and and we'll go offense too. Like I don't view any as like, oh, these are scheme fits. Like JMS. He's just the best center, like it yeah. just, regardless of what scheme you're. That in. was a pick that went away from a lot of that from some trends. Jalen Hyatt speed translates and need to be it needs to be a better route runner, but that is like most schemes and mostly this scheme too. Like the thing he needs to improve on is the thing that's most important in this scheme. Uh, Eric Gray fits whatever. Trey Hawkins is just a ball of clay, and Javarius Owens is versatile. Like so, I don't I don't view any of these picks as like these guys are. Are fit specifically for for Wink, yeah. For for this scheme, you take like, Joey Porter. I think that is a fit for Joey Porter Jr. Would have been one where it's like you kind of got to be a press man, cover three sideline guy. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. So I actually went back because I know for a fact I talked about this in my in my Joe Sh- like introduction to Joe Shane video. I I grabbed this screenshot and this is from Joe Shane. Uh, a reporter asked him, "What's your philosophy when it comes to scouting players?" Shane, Coach Parcells told me one time, coaches are going to come and go, so you'd better find out what type of players you like and go get those type of players. Because we may have success and Brian Dable or Leslie Frazier are coordinators here, but if they had a certain type of player that they like only fit their scheme and then they leave, now you've got the player who was pigeonholed into that scheme. It's the versatility you're looking for. Like, okay, we're, we're a press man. Well, I want corners that can play press and off, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of times we, you know, you hear Joe Shane talk about this too this offseason, where it's a process of if the front office likes a specific player, they need to convince the coaching staff to also kind of buy into that player where it's a, you know, it's kind of like a presentation and I'm going to, I'm going to convince you to see what I'm kind of seeing here. So there is good communication of what the coaches want and what the front office wants. But I really like how Joe Shane says, it's kind of like on, it's on us as the front office to fit to see if a player, how a player can fit a certain scheme, but then also get the coaches to buy into that player. Because if you draft a player, let's just say Joe Shane drafts a player that Wink Martindale hates, well, who you're not doing anybody any favors there. Because then the coach is just going to hate the player, not going to play the player, and not put the player in a position to succeed. Yeah, which is like DeAndre Baker. Yes. I mean, the, the rumor was James <laughs> Betcher couldn't stand DeAndre Baker, didn't like the pick. Yeah. But also James Betcher was like a media... Uh, Darling. What's the word? Yeah, he was very he was very much like feeding yeah. the media a lot of stuff. But That's I think the biggest they... theme of these of this last two years it's 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 obviously you know we have a question on this later too with you know with top thirty visits but really the biggest theme especially with day one and day two athletes like Joe Shane wants athletes on this team he wants guys that are fast he wants guys that can move and I think that's where the league is trending that's where NFL players as players are coming up through the ranks. You're the ruining. Training. You're ruining the final question. I know, but the, the it's 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 hitting me now though. You know, but the the training programs, the guys are eating better. They're training better. They're getting faster. They're they're not getting slower. Even even the big guys, right? Even the big you know guys up front. Um, that's what Joe Shane's looking for, and I think that's kind of you know I I think that's that does that doesn't necessarily need to be pigeonholed to a scheme. An athlete is an athlete, and specifically to Deontay Banks, like. The stuff he needs to get better at is the stuff he needs to be able to live down to be good down the down as a man corner. Yeah. Right? Like that that those are what Deontay Banks' issues are right now, is like, yeah, there's great man coverage rest, but there's also some issues there. Um, that is like you, you gotta be good corners a position where you can't have bad plays, right? Um, so it's I, I don't I don't view any of these draft picks in like, oh, that guy's a scheme fit, it makes sense type guy. Like, Aziz Ojolari was very much like, okay, this is a scheme fit for Patrick Graham. You know, like, they're like the the Giants were drafting outside linebackers who need to be scheme fits for Patrick Graham when he was there. Um, you know, and they didn't play Marcus Golden, who was, like, their best pass rusher on that team. Um, still maybe one of the bigger mistakes of Patrick Graham. All right, next question. 
Next question, Bobby. I'm skipping a question, but I'm going to come back to it because Nico Ryzen is telling us again that we have to read another ad. And that's, that's true. We, we do have to read another ad. And this ad is talking about Roan. This ad is talking about Roan. Whether you're traveling, commuting, or training, Roan has got everything that you need. And I'll, I have a lot of difficulty sometimes finding out what to wear, what fits me, especially if I'm traveling. I don't want to dress like a bum if I'm traveling, but I also don't want to dress too fancy if I'm traveling. And I am, and I have some awesome options from Roan that is both comfortable, flexible, and really looks pretty nice too. So Roan helps you get ready for any occasion with the commuter collection, which offers the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, and polos. I'm a big polo guy. Roan's comfortable four-way stretch fabric provides breathability and flexibility that leaves you free to enjoy what life throws your way. Breathability and flexibility, that's my love language. It's time to feel confident about without the hassle. Time to feel confident without the hassle with Roan's wrinkle release technology. Wrinkles disappear as you stretch and wear the products, that's some fancy tech. With Gold Fusion Anti-Odor Technology, you'll be smelling fresh and clean all day long. And on top of that, Roan is 100% machine washable. Mmm, that sounds great. Head to Roan.com Giants and use promo code Giants to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to Roan, R-H-O-N-E dot com slash Giants. And use code Giants. You'll be glad you did. Art just tweeted out the full schedule. Does that include the preseason schedule? Just kidding. He didn't tweet it out yet. No. Oh. Um, Tough. Look at you all invested to make sure you weren't wrong on your sources for the preseason. <laughs> I kind of am. I'm kind of sweating on that. You, everybody knows already by the by the time yeah. they're listening to this. You be, you better not be the first, pers- first person of Talking Giants to have a source tweet and it be wrong. So. I know. I Eventually know, it will happen. It. You don't want it to be it because that will, that might take us out of the source game. Where yeah, it's like it might. We, we we become unreliable. All right, next question. Danny King, I want him to be the first. We should give Danny King something intentionally wrong. Yeah, that's what we should do. We should actually <laughs> lead Danny King astray. All things Giants at Giants things. Uh, just off your film study, which UDFA this year is your fave. Fuck also, Danny King. I hope uh, I hope uh, to God both of Hyatt's cleats fit. I also hope they fit too. All things Giants. One like we get get some ep- episode recaps going back. I know uh, this is the best time of the year to do it. Um, to me, it's Deontay Johnson, and part of that is the need on the Giants roster for inside linebacker too. The linebacker out of Toledo, um, Bryce Ford Wheaton is probably the most exciting, but it's I I don't know if I ever see a guy who's going to be playing consistently in the NFL with him. Deontay Johnson, I can see himself playing like. I could see it being week 13, Deontay Johnson's our starting linebacker. Yeah. Like, he actually just plays linebacker. Um, so, my answer would be Deontay Johnson. I put Tommy DeVito. I had the most... The, the question is, did you have the most... Like, who did you have the most fun? Or is you... No, no. I, I, I made it like that. Which UDFA this year is your favorite? Tommy DeVito is my favorite. Who's your favorite who's actually going to play? Because Tommy DeVito will become everyone's favorite, but if he actually plays in the game, probably will hate him. Yeah, that's true. Um, By the way, did you see... Now, this probably doesn't fit the Giants because they have... He would be on the practice squad for the Giants. I would love to get Malik Willis as our third quarterback and on the practice squad, but I just think he probably would, will go somewhere else. Um, like I would love for the Giants coaching staff to be able to do some developmental stuff with him as, yeah. the, as their practice squad guy. I know everyone, like, because there was so much hype for him, there's also clowning of him, and I get it. Like, hey, go at it. But you, there is undeniable talent there that I would love for him to develop as the Giants' third quarterback. Um, Imagine seeing him slinging in camp. Oh, it would be, it would be fun. <laughs> now, again, he's got a he's got a major improvements to go to ever be an NFL quarterback. But uh, I would love for this coaching staff. Now, this coaching staff wouldn't be making it their – their sole duty Priority, of developing yeah. Malik Willis. You know, he'd be mostly doing scout team stuff in the regular season, but I would love I would love for him to be the third quarterback. Yeah, for um, sure. So I have I have Deontay Johnson too behind Tommy DeVito, who you know, who was my no fave. No Bryce Ford Wheaton love. And I have Baldonado third. Yeah. See, Baldonado is like the probably the best guy who has a chance to be a guy who just plays in the NFL long term. But 
he's not my favorite because I'm like, let's go down the down. Let's bring it down the down. And there's too much inconsistency in his game to make him my favorite. But if you said like, which guy has the best chance to be on an NFL roster four years from now? uh, Baldonado is probably that for me. If Bryce Ward Wheaton had more plays that wasn't just, okay, like your contested catches, then I'd be like, yeah, like, but he just doesn't have a ton of those. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's really nothing down the field where he's getting separation. Like, great, I love that you run that 40 time that's, like, insanely fast, but where does it show up and actually in how you play football? Yeah. Yeah, you know, definitely agree. Uh, but, again, there, that is a – he's – Bryce Ford Wheaton's probably the most exciting out of the bunch, too. Yeah, but he wasn't, like, my favorite watching him. He was, he was my favorite when I just saw the 40 time and I saw the intangibles and I saw the measurements. It's like, whoa, like, this is really freaking cool. And then you watch him and it's like, well – you know, you're, you're, the thing that you do best is does not match what you're supposed to do best. If yeah, that makes he's, sense, he's like basically your speed. a contested catch guy. So. Yeah. All right. Next question. Next question is coming from Chris at Chris underscore bomb. Boom. What a bomb talk on this podcast. What a bomb talk. Would you prefer McKinney with the green dot again to have continuity or have Okereke take over that role? We talked about this uh, maybe about last week, but I feel like you have a definitive answer now. Yeah, good job by Chris knowing what peaks like. Like, ooh, I know how to peak their instance. So great, great job. Like, like a a plus listening because it's like okay, I know how to get I know how to get these guys uh, to answer my question. So I do have a definitive. Bobby Okereke, one. Bobby Okereke has a set role on this team. Mike Linebacker. That's what he's going to play every single week. Right? And that's what most teams do is use as their Mike Linebacker. Also, Wink Martindale, like, Wink Martindale, that question came about. They asked him, is McKinney going to wear the green dot? If he was, you would think that Wink would just be like, yeah, of course, he's going to do it again. But he know. He brought up Bobby Bobby Okereke could be in the mix of that. We haven't had a linebacker do that since uh cj mosley in baltimore so the linebacker traditionally does that and bobby okereke has a set role mckinney mckinney's going to be asked to do a lot of different things on a week-to-week basis and he should like you have that you have that the guy who's good at all different roles of playing safety you can have him play in the box and he would have been your best line your second but you'd be your second best linebacker on the team he plays deep safety much better than anybody on this team. You can put him at nickel corner and be good. We saw that a little bit in 2020. So I want McKinney being able to just focus on his role from a week-to-week basis. Um, and we're going to have you know other safeties next to him where, you know, communicate with those guys. So the linebackers traditionally done it. Bobby Okereke is going to have a down-to-down doing the same thing every single week, right? Um, and... The fact that, I mean, McKinney, there was times where there wasn't the best communication on the defense and you had 10 men on the field and yep. team scoring touchdowns. So um, I just want McKinney focusing on his role and helping the other safety next to him and, and being able to, hey, if we're disguising stuff, which we saw McKinney do so well under Patrick Graham to create all those interceptions, is you got to be really locked in pre-snap and knowing what they're doing. Yep. And I want McKinney in that role and I want Bobby Okereke being the green dot guy. Yeah, as this Giants defense gets more depth, you know, and just better names are are added overall, I want like playmakers on this Giants defense. I feel like that's what they that's what they need. How many interceptions do we have last year? Five? Six. Six? Like that's that was insane. The, that was the lowest in the NFL. That's insane, man. And I I want McK- I agree with you, man. I want McKinney running around the field. I want him everywhere. And I want like I'm challenging McKinney. I know you're. I understand you're not in the same scheme as Patrick Graham's, where those interceptions can maybe come a little bit more organically to you because you ha- because you have the half field responsibilities. But whether it's you're you're covering tight ends, you're covering running backs, tackles, uh, pass deflections, interceptions. Like that's my challenge to Xavier McKinney this year. Cause this is a big year for Xavier McKinney. This is the contract year. His paycheck and his money will not be as much as he thought it was after 2020. If he has a similar type of year as he did last year, obviously sans missing games. So my challenge to McKinney is to go out there and make, make more plays, be more of a playmaker, find a way to do it, find a way to do it, find a way to get some more interceptions, passes deflected tackles. Um, and be that dude. Yep. So I, I want Okereke to be the green dot. All right. Next question. 
Sal from Upstate um, at NY Giants Fan 5 What's a position that no one's talking about that could be a need next offseason? My brain went to a dark place with this question. Go for it. <sighs> right tackle. Oh, God. Don't do that. It, it Evan Neal's going to get better. We got to have some faith in the guy. It went to, it went to a dark place. Uh, I also said tight end. Why? Why tight end? I don't. I hate your answers. My brain, my brain went to a really dark place. But even if Waller gets hurt for the year, you still have Daniel Bellinger. That's not a huge position. Any me, it'd, it'd be corner because Cor- Adore's contract. I've listed, and then Adore's also con- wide receiver. Adore's contract is well, wide receiver. People expect that people want a wide receiver one, right? Like if you ask me, what position do we draft in the first round next year? Everyone's going to say wide receiver, cornerback because Adore's contract is expiring. Uh, he'll be twenty nine next season. And he gets injured every single year. It sucks he got injured on the punt return this year, but he has gotten injured every single uh, year. And then D-line, right? I mean, Leonard Williams and Ashawn Robinson, both are not signed on until uh, for 2024. You have Dexter Lawrence, you know, Rakeem Nunez-Roches. If he's your second defense alignment, that's an issue. So the ones that people aren't talking about to me would be D-line and cornerback. And I also put an interior linebacker, but I feel like people are talking about that. Yes, everyone's people are talking about that. So, okay, I, I went D line and corners as ones that people aren't really talking about. Um, all right, last question, Justin. Last question coming from a uh, Glock Roach, our friend Glock Roach. Other than that, uh, other than the top thirty visits guys being high on their board, um, what have you learned about Joe Shane after his draft and some trends? So Justin basically answered this earlier, but multiple athletes. Sorry. Deontay Banks, Jalen Hyatt, Trey Hawkins. Like, those are guys who have things that they need to be figured out about their games, but they are great athletes, you know, and good and good size. I put this as a question. Do we Did we learn anything from the trades? The only thing I would say is because last year, like, the when people say process, they always talk about trading down, like process, process. And we saw that in year one. This year we traded up. I kind of like that in the sense that, like the Colts. The Colts in 2018 had one of the best trade downs ever. Get Quentin Nelson and all those other picks. The next year in 2019, the Colts got a little too cute with it. And they kept trading down. I remember this specifically, like watching this with my good friend Zach, uh, who did Simple Man Radio with the Colts. And I was like, I feel like you guys are getting a little too cute with this. You keep trading down. Like you trade out the first round, then you trade down the second round, where it's like you you gotta get good players and you gotta you need early picks to get great players. Um so Again, I would have been fine if they would have traded down, but so you see that it's they're not like stuck in like this is what we do. We trade down, never trade up. So if they identify a guy, they're gonna go and get him. Um, you know, and they're not the they ha- they have conviction in wanting a guy. You know, where there yeah. is the this there is, and this might be more on social media than it is actually in NFL front offices. But it's like always trade down. Like you, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a. You can't, you can't be perfect. But at the end of the day, you got to have conviction on players and go and get players. Yeah, yeah. I feel like last year was, I don't know, maybe outside of the, you know, maybe the first two rounds, right? Because you want those guys to. You want those guys to be difference makers no matter what your roster looks like. But last year was very much about we need bodies on this team and we need to fill out positions of need and and just depth kind of everywhere versus this year, especially these top 100 picks in the first two rounds. feels like we are getting players that will make a difference and really be difference makers on this roster, not just guys that, hey, maybe at best they're depth guys and they can fill a slot here, they can fill a slot there. Um, you know, At their best, uh, the, these top 100 picks, they will be making a difference. So that, you know, that, that, felt, that felt pretty good and that felt pretty solid. Um, I put a question on age primarily on day one and day two, but the JMS pick kind of Threw everything off. Where that's here's the not- thing, though. It's it's. I'm sure they want younger guys, but JMS at 57, you have to take him. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, 100. percent So I still think that, like, I don't, I don't think JMS like up oh, there. They're against that. They don't want. Uh, they don't really care about age. I think they do, but it's John Michael Smith was there at 57. There was no way that you could pass that up. But it's not like black or white. Where oh, if you're older than 23, yeah, you can't we're not be like the Browns where they won't, where they flat out won't do it. Like yeah. the Browns would have passed on John Michael Smiths if they had the center need that we had. So um, I mean, in terms of the question of what have we learned, 
like I have age primarily on day one and day two, I would still say that that is a theme for the top 100 picks that they like to go a little bit younger. But one of the things that we learned is that they are willing to break that. And that's awesome for a player that makes sense. I thought they casted a wider net on schools this year. I do not think Trey Hawkins is a top 30 visit last year. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, last year they had, I mean, he got, he's got his staff in there this year, which made a difference, right. I think in the draft, you know, and cast, you know, he had the first four rounds, Joe Shane had the first four rounds done in Buffalo last year. And then he came to New York and you know, they're I mean, he fired his correct director of college scouting two days after the draft last no, year. Absolutely. Absolutely. There, I'm so sure I do there think... wasn't much trust in his opinion throughout that process. I do think there was a wider net that was casted this year, um, which is a very, very good thing. Um, the, um, who, who was the scout responsible for finding Hawkins? Old Dominion. Where's Old Dominion? Uh, like Delaware. Del- oh, Delaware. Look at that. I believe, right? Or may, it might be in Virginia. I Actually, feel like I think it's, it's like a Virginia. southern school. I think it's a southern, like a southern-ish school. It's not southern. I, I'm, I remember getting recruiting letters from there. Shout out. Shout out. Recruiting. If you're listening to this and you're in high school and you're getting recruiting letters, they're fun, but don't brag about them. They don't matter. I had like a shoebox full of them. Like Alabama, who I was not on their radar, would send me like 10 letters a week. And that's just like the power of their money. Um, they have a lot my of first paper. letter was from Dartmouth. Like the first letter I got, which was, in I guess, in 10th grade. And I went and played NCAA football as Dartmouth because I was like... I got my first letter. And then at some point you realize they don't mean shit. Old Dominion College. It is, is I think it? it's in Virginia. I think yep, it's, in it's, Virginia. it's in Virginia. Okay. Shout out Richard B. All right, Justin, that's well, uh, I have well I, well, I have one more thing. Go for it. Uh, you know, we were talking about the trades. I think, you know, something that we saw this past year and la- this past year and last year is that the trades are set up before the draft. I mean, they're not done. They're not finalized, but they're set up with some contingency plans before the draft. Now, part of me feels like that is a normal thing NFL teams do, but I think it's something to note since Dave Gettleman never made any kind of note of that ever happening. So yeah, yeah. They have those things set up pre-draft, but Gettleman, I'm willing to guarantee like Gettleman never really did that. All right. We appreciate you guys. We will uh, see you on Tuesday. Um, we'll have an interview. We'll have an interview. Uh, we appreciate you guys. We'll see you then. Enjoy your weekend. Until then, let's go big blue. <laughs>